0: Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians
1: here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals.
0: We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice,
1: strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and
0: most importantly, enjoy the process. Okay, tell me what the best part about ordering something at a restaurant is. Is it waiting for the food? Is it seeing the food come to you? Is it the first bite? The second bite or the last bite? First bite, for sure. First bite, for sure? Okay. I think so. I mean, that that's what some people say. I'm going to argue. I think the best part is like waiting for the food or like if you know, like let's say you have reservations tonight for somewhere nice, like, I don't know, Nobu. <laughs> you're going mm-hmm. to Nobu tonight. Mm-hmm. I think it's the anticipation and the planning and like looking at the menu and like thinking about what you're going to get that is the most fun.
1: You're right. You're right. I just, I took Will to H for his oh, birthday that's a new place over in dr phillips mm-hmm. and the anticipation was much better than the actual food was <laughs> because they build everything up yeah and the waiter comes out and she describes everything to perfect mm-hmm. detail and so you look baby. at the menu and you're like oh my gosh i want every single thing mm-hmm. on this menu and then they finish everything table side and there's fire involved yeah, it's like a party <laughs> And you're right, it was that part of it and looking forward to going and like having a reservation on a random Thursday night mm-hmm. and having the babysitter come over, dressing up, getting over there, it was better than the food.
0: Yeah, the food's <laughs> great, like don't get me wrong, but I thought I think that's so interesting, like the value of like tension and waiting and delayed anticipation, advoc- like the anticipation and I've been obsessed with this and it's a little bit off topic but it will make sense in a minute. Because, have you read that book called Dopamine Nation that everyone's talking about? No,
1: I haven't. It's a good one. Dopamine's like the thing everyone's talking
0: about, and I need to get more into it, but no. It's having a moment. Dopamine is like the neurotransmitter of the year. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's in like close... Well, actually, I learned dopamine's actually a neuromodulator, but I think it's having a close competition with serotonin, because everyone's (laughs) also talking about feeling good and being happy. And... The podcast today is talking a lot about how we're constantly pursuing pleasure because we're looking for dopamine hits, and this ties in a lot with food for obvious reasons. You bite into a piece of cake or you're thinking about a piece of cake, you're getting floods of dopamine, a pleasure happiness hormone. It's also a very motivating hormone. So when you're thinking about eating, dopamine is released and it motivates you to go eat. Then you get another flood of feeling good when you eat the food, then that dopamine level drops, you feel at baseline again, sometimes that baseline is very uncomfortable, then you think about eating food, which increases your baseline by increasing your dopamine and motivates you to go eat. And so I was thinking about this, about people who have the, the restrict binge cycle or the binge eating cycle, even without the restriction piece, where they're feeling uncomfortable in emotion, they might be down, they might be stressed, they might be feeling lonely their brain goes ooh i don't want you to feel this way gives you a thought about eating even if you consciously are planning on not eating something you're trying to follow a plan you've put goals in place mm-hmm. well the and so that of had been something we had motivated. On you on to it. go that's eat that's what the idea of the podcast came to. up because i was so like you're just oh, like thinking I do the about same thing at my parents house or at a relative's I mean? house mean? yeah and depending on who you are right so some people are going to be more motivated to go eat when they think about food, they have a higher release of dopamine. Okay. And I think that happens over time. I'm okay. not an expert on that. But that, why, that might be why somebody gets really excited by the thought of ice cream. Somebody else is like, cool, I could get ice cream. But they're not as motivated to go and get there. They're not in a rush. They're not in a hurry. They'd rather take a walk first. So I had a conversation with a client
1: earlier. I think it was last week, actually. And he was telling me that we were tra- trying to talk. I was trying to talk to him about cutting out alcohol during the week Mm -hmm. and because when he drinks he doesn't just drink a beer like he'll take like a couple shots and a couple beers Mm -hmm. and then he has a good him and his wife have a good time and he's like it totally turns my whole day around so he'll tell me like these are the shitty things that happened today and then Mm -hmm. my whole day turned around because my wife and I got to like relax together and have a couple drinks and then I was happy Mm -hmm. again and so he was telling me that he gets these like feel-good endorphins Mm -hmm. from drinking and I was like that's not true Mm -hmm. I was like Alcohol is a depressant, yeah, and it lowers your inhibitions and maybe allows you to like feel a little bit looser, but it doesn't release feel good hormones. And he was like, "I'm gonna disagree with you." He's like, "I don't, I don't think you're right." He's like, "I think for me, it it does." So I actually did some research and dopamine was one thing that does get released when you drink alcohol, Mm -hmm. but I think it's probably along the same lines of food, Mm -hmm. of it's, like, that anticipation of, like, I'm gonna grab a cold beer, like, I'm looking forward to this, and something that's exciting you, and so then it actually does end up making Mm -hmm. you feel
0: good. I would agree with that, and I would say that what really is happening is he's having a shitty day, in the anticipation of something to take him away from the uncomfortable feeling is also the relief so he has contrast so if he's had a stressful day what makes him feel better thinking about a drink dopamine released then the drink does release some dopamine, but it's really an escape from an uncomfortable feeling or his baseline.
1: And that's what we were trying to come up with. Mm-hmm. What's going to give you that same feeling that's not alcohol? Mm-hmm. And we didn't come up with anything.
0: Well, and that's what I, a big inspiration for the topic of today because mm-hmm. this has made me look in the mirror as a dietitian and think about the advice I give people. And a lot of it's been, well, if the only thing in your life that's bringing you pleasure at the end of the day is food or alcohol or you name it then we need to just find something else that gives you pleasure. And I would immediately go to like, well, what other things can provide quick releases of dopamine? So I would tell people things like, you know, maybe it's playing a game or maybe it's like something on your phone that gives you some kind of alert or buzz, or maybe it's something else pleasurable that you enjoy that maybe isn't as extreme of a dopamine hit as food or alcohol, but still makes you happy. And I was putting the whole emphasis on happy, When reading these books like Dopamine Nation, there's a book called The Sweet Spot by Paul Bloom, they've really debunked that and they've noticed that we need more of a pain and pleasure balance. And as a society, as a culture, we put too much emphasis on the pleasure piece because we're constantly chasing that dopamine. So we get a hit of dopamine, then a drop. Then we want our next hit of dopamine. That's why things like TikTok and Instagram are so addicting, because you can just get Mm -hmm. one hit of dopamine after the other. But then when you turn off the app, you sit there and you feel drained. Like, you feel like crap. Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much, let's find something else that gives your client more pleasure than alcohol. Let's find something that gives him pain. And not pain as in hurting himself or like going through some self-induced emotional trauma, but something that challenges him. And the reason is, think about something, you know, challenging you've done. Maybe it's, we'll use a really simple example. You trained for a race and training for the race sucks. Like getting up out of bed, putting your shoes on and starting is not fun because there is no dopamine or I shouldn't say no, but there's less dopamine released when you think about how early you have to wake up to get up and go run. And while you're running, it's not always fun. I know there's some people that say they get the runner's high, happy for them, that's never been me. But afterward, you feel good. You feel this level of pleasure, of satisfaction. Um, You just feel appreciative of yourself. You feel like you accomplished something. Same thing happens after you complete the race. Like you feel really good. It's just not that same spark of dopamine. Mm -hmm. But have you ever been in a phase in your life where you're in flow and you're doing all these hard, challenging things? You may not feel like you have as many vices, or crutches, whether mm-hmm. it's alcohol, cigarettes, snacks, TikTok. I said a lot there. I have a really extremely simple example
1: of this. And so the reason this came up is I was talking to my therapist and she was asking me how I was connecting with <coughs> my husband lately. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about it. And I was like, you know, when we really connect is when I actually put in some kind of an effort. Mm-hmm. The challenge is, at 7.30, I don't want to put in any effort. I just want to sit on the couch Mm -hmm. and zone out. Like, I don't want to put an effort into a conversation. I don't want to put effort into, like, doing something. But what I recognize is, when that effort does get put in, how much more satisfied I feel, Mm. he feels, we feel, we feel more connected And so one of the things she told me, she was like, the easiest thing you can do is when he walks through that door, do something that has to do with his love language. Mm -hmm. So his love language is physical affection. Mm -hmm. So now I will stop whatever I'm doing, which is hard for me to do. because if I'm doing the dishes or I'm like writing an email or whatever. I just want to finish it. I don't want to like get up and make a big deal about him coming through the door. It's just not my thing. But now I do it. I get up, like give him a hug, give him a kiss. How was your day? Whatever. And it totally sets the tone for the whole night. Ah, So it's a stupid little challenge for my brain because I don't care about physical affection. I don't care about (laughs) words of affirmation. It's not So it's a challenge for me to remind myself to go do it. But then the payoff is for the rest of the night, that's kind of set the tone Mm -hmm. for us. Even if I'm annoyed with him or I'm like, I told her, I was like, what if I have to be mad one day? Like what if when he comes in, like I have to be (laughs) mad? And she's like, that's fine. Go do that first. And I bet you're going to be
0: less mad. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you were so right. You were so right. <laughs> that is interesting because it's funny when you were saying you were doing the dishes and you didn't want to stop. I think the idea of starting the hug or like interrupting what you're doing that's more comfortable for you to go do the slightly uncomfortable thing is kind of the point of everything, yep. mm-hmm. right? It's the resistance to starting mm-hmm. and just doing it, but then you feel better after. I'm very comfortable with tasks. Yeah. You are (laughs) very (laughs) task-oriented. Yes. By the way, you and I could never be in a relationship, I'm sorry (laughs) to tell you, but if you don't care about words of affirmation and physical touch... (laughs) Listen,
1: I I have this conversation with lots of couples, and... They hardly ever have the same ones. They hardly really? ever have the same, yeah, the same love languages. It's just knowing what the others is and just working on it. Your it gifts, You don't right? have to have this. Yes, and he doesn't care about that at all. Yeah, that's
0: same with you and me. Your <laughs> uh-huh. gifts, that's my least one. Mm-hmm. But I'll hug and kiss you all day long <laughs> if you want.
1: <laughs> so the point of all this is, like, doing hard mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and what what that does to the brain and how you can get more dopamine and more pleasure out of doing things that are challenging versus kind of always staying Mm -hmm. in the zone of doing easy stuff.
0: Yeah. Just chasing pleasure. And I think what's important to recognize is thinking about that baseline. I don't know if this is like the right term to use, but I'm going to use baseline, just like your baseline mood. Like you were saying, after you hug your husband, the baseline increases. And what are some of the reasons people constantly chase things like, alcohol is an escape, or food, or snacks, sugar, or social media, whatever, TV, is because they're uncomfortable at their baseline, Mm. and they're looking not to feel happier, but to escape the baseline. I think that's the mindset shift. You want to escape the uncomfortable feeling, the food is the uncomfortable, or is the... Uh, Release from the uncomfortable feeling and then you get back down to a baseline And that's why some people continue to snack or go from snacking to Instagram and just wonder why they feel like crap So if you can put purposefully self-induced meaningful challenges in your life big or small then the hypothesis is well, are you going to increase your baseline and not need to rely so much on snacking and food And so you can make your challenges pleasurable, like I think giving a hug sounds really pleasurable, or like going for a long walk outside is still pleasurable, but it is more challenging than continuing to do the dishes or lay on the couch. Yeah, exactly. I was listing a few different things um, that I was just brainstorming as things that we pursue that increase your baseline satisfaction with life, but also have a level of suffering. Um, I thought one that was interesting was watching an intense movie. I think this was a good example, like an emotional intense movie versus some like stupid reality TV show. Because after you watch an intense movie, like you have, like you walk away from that movie or you turn that off and you are just like, overwhelmed with thoughts like maybe you cried maybe you got angry maybe you got emotional from it and you walk away and you're like wow like that movie like changed my perspective it was thoughtful versus you know something i would like like selling sunset it's just dumb and you watch it and you don't walk away from that feeling any kind of change and i was like that's because you're not emotionally challenged you're not intellectually stimulated so it's so funny that you say that. I am so resistant to watching
1: movies, mm-hmm. any kind of movie, no matter what it is. Really? But especially if it's a very serious movie. Oh. So, example, Will was trying to get me to watch this movie. It was about World War II. I can't remember the name of it. It was Benedict Cumberbatch was the main guy um, about the... I'm not even going to try to talk about, but I would not watch it because I just, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want to sit down for two and a half hours and have to pay attention to something that's serious. And then my dad was in town and he was trying to find something that everybody would like. So he turned that on. So I was like, whatever, Um. I'll watch it. Was so damn good. I learned so much from it. We talked so much. I'm like, why don't we learn any of this stuff in our history classes? Like, it brought up all this conversation and it was so much more satisfying than just watching whatever comedy or reality show that I would have rather just sat and not thought about it.
0: Oh, you know what that makes me think of Mm -hmm. is that term flow. Like, when you get into flow, which you can think of as when you just forget about the outside world or you forget to eat because you're just so focused on something it's got you in some sort of trance sounds like that movie had you in flow because you were focused on the concept Mm -hmm. you were thinking about it you probably didn't feel tempted to look at your phone Mm
1: -hmm. if we're going
0: to talk about food you probably weren't as tempted to get up and get a snack because there was no lull or you were just really focused and then you walked away and it increased your baseline satisfaction so instead of looking for the next dopamine hit you had a conversation you connected with people
1: yes as opposed to if I'm just watching something I don't have to pay attention to I can get up and do the dishes i can look at my phone if i want to Mm -hmm. i can go get a snack Mm -hmm. versus i know if i'm going to commit to this two and a half hours like Mm -hmm. i've got to be focused on it i'm not going to get that dopamine hit but then at the end i actually do get that dopamine hit Mm -hmm. because now we are having conversation and Mm -hmm. i know more about whatever that subject was or i got a lot out of it emotionally or whatever yeah so now I know I'm resistant to movies. <laughs> wow! How about
0: that? And now if you watch more. I don't know if this is like the most, best advice. Like, just go watch more movies. But I, I think that's the example of because it's something that brings out an emotion of you that maybe is more intense or uncomfortable. And I, I make notes for these podcasts, and I was thinking about one about there's this um, there's this kind of narrative going around on social media, and this might be just the space that we're in where there's a lot of people saying like you don't need to earn your food you don't need to earn desserts like you have a right to eat whatever you want whenever you want and i think to a degree that's true but this conversation and this topic made me kind of challenge that belief a little bit because there's something really satisfying about delaying gratification and doing the hard thing or eating the healthier thing and not just going for the dessert or for the snack. And this is not to say, like, I think where this original piece of advice came from was saying, hey, you don't have to get on the elliptical for 30 minutes before you eat lunch just to Mm, eat lunch, mm -hmm. which America's Next Top Model, I will blame them to the day I die, convinced me that was true as a middle schooler, that I had to eat everything or burn off everything I ate. That's not true. But I also think that, you know, if you do want to spend a night with your friends or your partner eating M&Ms and popcorn and watching stupid TV, it does feel a lot more satisfying and you enjoy that experience more if the hours or day before you worked hard and you did something challenging, whether that's physical or whether that's mental. And it gave you some satisfaction. So that doesn't mean just like sitting in front of the computer and doing like email work that doesn't bring you satisfaction. It means did you really pursue something creative? Did you get out and like really crush a workout? Did you spend some time outside? Did you play with your kids? Did you interact with other people? Did you get something that was challenging or hard? So that you can enjoy those more luxurious pleasures even more. Yeah, it's this.
1: It's like, does a cold beer taste better after you've mowed the lawn? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, or after you've gone on a three-mile run or whatever. You're like, yes, it tastes better because yeah. you were challenged and you put something out there. And then you had to experience a little bit of pain, which makes that pleasure
0: then feel that much better. Exactly, it's it's pain. I think that's the. I think maybe there should be a different word for it. Maybe it's challenge, whatever. But I, I was listening to some interviews with Paul Bloom, who he wrote this book about the sweet spot, and his whole concept is this is where is that spot between pain and pleasure that you can live kind of bouncing back and forth so that you're not always looking for pleasure, but then you're also not having any fun because you're always focused on pain. And he was explaining there's a few different reasons why um, suffering feels, why we should suffer, why we should put ourselves through challenges. And I think um, one of them is that We suffer, we should wanna suffer by means of pursuing a, a career, building a business, going into exercise, setting goals, because it feels really good and you feel really proud of yourself afterwards, but also because you can connect it to a deeper meaning or purpose and that brings more value to your life and raises that initial baseline that we were talking about. So you would put in our notes raising a child <laughs> and I think that's like the best example. I can't quite relate because I don't have a kid, I have a dog, which is you know similar to a lesser degree, but it probably takes a lot of effort and a lot of pain and challenges that you probably didn't even know you had within you, but it's also the most satisfying thing in your life.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't think about it in terms of that at all, and so I was looking at your notes, and then I was like, oh, this is the epitome of that, of, oh, now I understand why people have kids and then continue to have yeah. them, because <laughs> the pain and the challenge is so great, but then when they do something mm. you're proud of, or they smile at you, or they give you <sighs> a hug, or kiss you goodnight like it's like holy shit my heart just exploded because of all this effort that I put into raising this kid and they're turning out to be a good human being oh my gosh like the biggest payback and so if it was easy all the time it probably wouldn't be as joyful either
0: oh yeah that's like the thing it's a thing you you get contrast from it like you're putting in all this hard work like there's probably times when Liam was crying while you were relaxing and just like getting up to take care of him made you like angry and hated and all these things and Mm -hmm. then when he's calm and looking up at you you're like this was way better than what I was watching on tv (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah it's definitely made me appreciate the past couple months that have been kind of smooth sailing because Mm -hmm. prior to that it was not it was very rocky and very simple things I appreciate much more now because I've gone through a challenge of having a one-year-old on a six-hour mm-hmm. flight I used to think a six-hour flight was hell like yeah. just me by myself like oh who, who would ever want to go on a six-hour flight now knowing what it's like with a one-year-old <laughs> I'll fly six hours any day and it's not like I will look forward to it like there's no uh, there is nothing that's going to prevent (laughs) me from going on that six hour flight if I was by myself like that would be cake Mm. so knowing that now just having gone through that challenge and gone through the pain actually brings me pleasure in things that previously would not have brought me pleasure
0: that's interesting now (laughs) it's like ooh, it's like six hours alone in the sky with no wi-fi or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) screaming child so let's talk about how this, like, how to bring this down to food and healthy lifestyle, because I mean that's what we're about. And I was thinking of examples and thinking of some of my own life, and one of them I was thinking about an example I have with two of my clients right now, kind of in the same situation, and. The hard thing for them to do is to not snack while they're cooking or eat off their kids' plates. These are both guys. They come home and they both do the cooking and then they eat with their kids and their fam- family and they snack while they cook because they're hungry mm-hmm. and they eat off their kids' plates. So they end up eating more than they wanted and then they feel crappy and then they're like, why did I eat all these things before I ate? So the goal was the hard thing is don't eat while you're cooking. Like, there is going... The food's going to taste better Mm -hmm. when you wait to eat. And don't eat off your kids' plates. You're Mm going to feel better about yourself when you don't do it. And it's a a challenge.
1: I have a client who did the same thing. And what I had her do is... Agree that she wouldn't eat unless she was seated Mm. with her food on a plate. Yeah. Meaning, like, if she wanted to have a snack and she was hungry, that's totally fine, but you have to be seated Mm -hmm. eating that snack and you have to commit to eating that snack versus I'm hungry and I'm just going to grab whatever – while I'm because then you're in that frenzy and you're not going to realize how much you're eating so for her it was like that commitment of I'm going to sit down I'm going to eat this and then at that point sometimes she was like you know what I'm really not I would rather just wait yeah for dinner and so that delayed gratification then allowed her to just sit down and have the dinner and then not feel overly Mm. full afterwards so the pain was oh I don't get to eat this during but then realizing well I'd rather just delay it yeah
0: and dinner probably tasted better. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to that. Um, I, I heard this the other day. It was like, if you're eating, standing up, sit down. And I think that's, you know, obviously isn't going to work for every situation all the time. But that's so true. If you find yourself just kind of standing in the pantry looking for something to eat, and you're like grabbing this and grabbing that, like go sit down. It's hard mm-hmm. because then you have to consciously stop what you are doing, take out a plate, put the thing on the plate, go sit down, and just focus on food. Like that itself is a challenge. I think a lot of times when we hear this advice about seeking out more challenges, people think really big. They're like, oh, I have to train for a marathon. No, just look at those little daily granular habits that are getting in your way and put a challenge in front of them. Do you have any in your own life around food or exercise? Well, the one that
1: we just did, the 35 for 35 challenge, that was big. um, To exercise for 35 days straight. And so for me, it was just making the... I guess, putting it out there that Mm -hmm. that's what I was going to do. And it didn't matter if it was 10 minutes or it was an hour and a half, but it was something that I had to make sure Mm -hmm. that I did every single day. And so that's, it was a huge challenge for me, but then it felt really good to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, that was good. I mean, you were committed to it. Mm -hmm. I've um, recently given up caffeine because I was drinking like two to four cups of coffee a day, sometimes like three cups of coffee and a matcha and i just didn't like feeling addicted to something the past two weeks i've only had one cup of coffee a day so that's how i've decreased it and i was thinking this morning i love that one cup of coffee like just (laughs) stopping it and then what i've been doing is i've been more productive before i even have the coffee because it's going to taste even better so i like walked my dog before i had the coffee which i never would do before i was like wake up to the coffee machine and delaying that cup of coffee and knowing it's just the one is a challenge, but I appreciate it more. And I think I get more benefit from it.
1: So what would you say for so like well, the one client that I have that we kind of talked about beforehand mm-hmm. who's a pleasure seeker and mm-hmm. so he does hard shit all day? and then at night he's looking for pleasure so he'll mm-hmm. either go to some event or go meet his friends out for dinner or he'll go to the movies or something that's always involving food mm-hmm. but it's not there's no challenge to it but mm-hmm. he feels like well I've done all my challenges all day long I've had enough yeah. challenges I don't want another challenge in the evening it's my time to not feel challenged
0: does he do you believe in these challenge during the day yeah, I do. Okay. That would be the first thing I'd say. Like, are you really challenged or are you just tired?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think he he's a pretty hard worker and he's... Build a couple successful businesses, and so I think, yeah, I think
0: I think he's pretty challenged during the day. Okay, so he sounds like an extremist. I think he has to force himself to find pleasure that doesn't involve food. And the next challenge isn't necessarily something he has to do, but something not to do. So if he's going to the movies and going into social events, the challenge is to not give in to whatever junk or alcohol he's consuming. So I would help him find a way to set up parameters or boundaries around himself or hold himself accountable to those things. I'm sure you probably have. Is he open to that? Is he resistant to that? Of creating the challenge of not change what you're doing, but change how you're doing it?
1: Yeah, super resistant.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then then have you asked him why?
1: So going to a movie, popcorn just goes with a movie. Says who? If you're going to this specific restaurant you get the wings at the restaurant if you're going to a comedy show you get a Bud light
0: he's black and white (laughs) he's like this is how it is he has to challenge his beliefs and so if you're looking at this part and i I get this because i do these same associations with certain things too if you think popcorn and a movie have to go together can you break it down to okay maybe it's a movie and a snack can you bring a snack so you with somebody with a purse that can put in mm-hmm. something else or at least something smaller can you break down your beliefs to be more in alignment with what you're trying to do if you're going to a comedy show and you have to say, get a Bud Light that's your excuse to have a Bud Light mm-hmm. you're just going to stay the same so can you go and get a sparkling water sorry but if you want to stop drinking so much beer and eating a bunch of crap and still have a fun pleasurable life that's a compromise yeah.
1: Or, I th- yeah, I think I always go back to that question is like what is this costing you yeah if to, to like really put it in perspective like to continue to do all of these things the way that you're doing mm-hmm. them if it's not if you have if you don't have the motivation to change them mm-hmm. you keep doing everything the same it's like yeah you can't find something that's motivating you enough to change it like the question is then what is it now costing you is it costing mm-hmm. you 10 years off your life that with your kids that so you're mm-hmm. not gonna be able to see your kids get married because you had kids later in life Dude,
0: like yeah. what is it costing you it's crazy you bring that up because I just had a conversation, that exact conversation with the client. And he's like, you know, it's funny. I think about that and I know it. And then I say, well, that's a problem for future me. Mm-hmm. Like it's not close enough. And I was like, well, let's bring it down to earth. Like what are the immediate discomforts that you feel? So he was saying, okay, it's going to cost me my health and blah, blah, blah. What does health feel like to you? We describe what health felt like. It felt feeling energized, invigorated, light and accomplished and successful. So I was like, okay, you need to chase those feelings every single day, and what does unhealthy feel like? And he listed all the things. It felt sluggish, tired, fat, whatever. So I'm like, you have to chase the feeling of being healthy every single day Mm -hmm. when you're making a decision. Because the pain of like, oh, this is gonna make me die young, well, that's not concrete. Like, we don't really know if he's going to mm-hmm. drop dead of a heart attack. But we know that if after he eats loaded cheese fries with bacon, there's a high probability he's going to feel unhealthy.
1: Yeah. So chase
0: the feeling and make that the pleasurable reward. Which goes back to the whole point of this podcast. Yes, it's much more painful to order. Like today, he sent me what he ate. He, ate um, he usually would get a grilled chicken pita wrap with the fries on the side. Today, he skipped the fries. That was painful. But he doesn't feel like crap afterward. He can go back to work.
1: So what you're doing is bringing something that's like a delayed consequence, Mm -hmm. you're bringing that into like the immediate consequence, Mm -hmm. because what people, what we know is those immediate consequences make you make different decisions. Best example is you touch a stove, you burn yourself. Yeah. You're never going to touch a stove again. You start exercising, you start feeling really good, you get great benefits from it, and then you quit. Mm Mm-hmm you can't seem to get back into that exercise routine again, but you would never go back to touching a stove Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. It's because it's that delayed gratification that's just not as motivating. Mm -hmm. So you're taking something where it's like, well, if you're eating like shit every day by the time you're 60, stuff is going to break down. Mm -hmm. But because it's such a delay, it's not you are going to eat this and then you're going to die when you're 60. Now it's you're going to eat this and here's the consequence of that. It's Mm -hmm. feeling sluggish or bad digestion or whatever. And so thinking about that as an immediate quant Consequence versus delight.
0: You got it. And putting emphasis on it. So like when you were mentioning the stove yeah that burn that freaking hurts like a mother. Like ouch your whole body is like alarmed. Like you're freaking yeah. out. You're not gonna do it. You feel good after exercise if you just dismiss that and be like I feel pretty good. And then you go on to whatever else you're doing, there's not enough emphasis. Mm. So you really have to step into the feeling of accomplishment, like relish it be self-righteous about it. You don't have to tell the world and get on Facebook and be like, post a sweaty selfie. That's weird, right? Like you don't have to do that. But in your journal or in the shower while you're talking to yourself, be like, you know what? Like I feel awesome. Get into your body. Like I feel light. I feel energized. Like I feel like I can take on the world right now. And if you put, um, attach emotion to it, then it's gonna get ingrained in your brain a lot faster. Yeah, I like So it that. sounds a little fruity, like, you know, the emotions about it. Flip side goes when something sucks, like when you skip your workout that you planned on doing for something stupid, not like, you know, you had to rush your dog to the ER, like something dumb, like you wanted to lay on the couch, you're gonna feel like shit. Mm-hmm. So really feel like crap. Look yourself in the mirror, metaphorically, or I don't know, whatever, real at the end, say, why did you do that? You said you were going to do something. All you had to do is just run outside for five minutes and you didn't even do that. You don't have to shame yourself necessarily, but it feels terrible. So how do you feel? You feel tired? You feel unmotivated? You feel sluggish? Is that motivating you enough not to do that again? Because some people are really motivated. And you talk about this in your book. Some people are really motivated by positive feelings and reward. Some people are really motivated by avoiding negative feelings.
1: hmm yeah, I think most people are more motivated by avoiding negative feelings and that kind of yeah plays into this whole thing that we're talking about is like if you're avoiding certain like if you're avoiding exercise or you're mm-hmm. avoiding meal prep is because that's somewhat painful, somewhat yeah. challenging. So I'd rather just sit. Yeah, I'd better just go, to go through that. the drive through
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's easy. It's just a flip-flop. Um, I think it's really helpful if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, like how do I remind myself to do this? get a mantra in your head that thinks pain over pleasure, pain before pleasure, pain before pleasure. Just ingrain that in your brain and make it a habit. So when you're driving home after a long day at work and you have a fully stocked grocery or fully stocked kitchen with all the things you plan to make, but you are tired and you're feeling lazy and you drive past the drive-thru and you're tempted to go in there, tell yourself pain before pleasure, pain before pleasure, go home. As soon as you get home and start cooking, you are not going to regret what you're doing. Agreed. There is no chance that you're going to eat a healthy meal that you planned and think, dang, I wish I had a Whopper. <laughs> it happens zero times. Like, zero times. So you have to rewire your brain instead of thinking like, you know what, I had a long day at work, and I deserve a Whopper. No. I mean, probably not. You're probably not going to feel that great afterward. Yeah, you're. so
1: in that case, you're saying, well... I'm gonna delay my pleasure until yes. after because the pleasure that I feel is going to be that much greater yes. in the end. It's also not going to come with the feelings of guilt and sluggishness that you may feel after having mm-hmm. gone through that drive-through,
0: or digestive issues, or what you pain whatever pain point, High and sodium and bloating and nah. yeah. And this is to say, we're not saying go home and eat plain tilapia with asparagus. Like you can still eat something that tastes good that has, you know, like pesto salmon. One of my clients was make salmon. your own
1: burger. Yeah, put it on a Dave's Killer Bread bun right? and throw some onion and tomato and lettuce on that thing and delicious. Some of
0: those sweet potato tots. <laughs> Boom! You're gonna feel so much better. You're gonna save money. All the things. So I want to ask you, What are besides raising a kid, what are some challenges that you integrate in your life that you think really helps you have a better relationship with food and eating or your body?
1: Um, I would say definitely making food at mm-hmm. home is a big one. And I think once you get really good at making food at home, it makes eating out less pleasurable. Unless right. you're going to like a really good place... I would say most of the time, I'm eat when I eat a meal out. I'm like kind of disappointed.
0: Same, unless it's a social thing.
1: Yeah, of course. But if
0: I'm by myself and I like go grab lunch, I'm like, oh. I'm
1: like, I could have made this better. Yeah. I'm like, if I just would have like taken this ingredient out and put this one in, it would have been healthier and it would have tasted better. Yeah, there's those good restaurants that you always enjoy, but I think that making sure that I'm making most of my meals at home, I don't like it. I'm not gonna. I'm not. At the point in my life where i really want to spend a lot of time on that and i enjoy it i used to be like very inventive and liked making new things now it's just like what can i make to like Mm -hmm. put food on the table that's semi-healthy But I think the gratification that I get to then open up my refrigerator and there's lunch or dinner that's already Mm -hmm. ready is a big one.
0: Probably feeding your kid a healthy meal feels good. Yeah, it's a non negotiable. It's just non negotiable. It's just non negotiable. That's how it should I think that's a good thing, you know what I mean? Like telling yourself like this is non negotiable so you don't give yourself an out
1: Yeah, we can't go into in my household you cannot go into the week without things that are already made. Yeah.
0: You just can't. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, and who's ever, like, ordered Uber Eats and been like, wow, this was really satisfying?
1: It's, it's not. Becomes... It's soggy yeah. and cold, and you paid $40 for something that should have been 10 Right, and the guy probably ate some of your fries
0: or <laughs> whatever it was anyway. Yeah, that's one for me, too, is cooking and making, making my own food, and I enjoy plating it. I have a lot of pleasure. I mean, I don't have a toddler, but I like putting the food on my plate really nicely and delaying that first bite and sitting down and like I just do that I like to romanticize what yeah. I'm eating and that to me is very pleasurable and then I appreciate it more instead of just like throwing some stuff in a bowl and eating it yeah. which I do sometimes t- mm-hmm. too let's be real mm-hmm. one thing that I really like to challenge myself that's helped me just improve everything is hot yoga Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize how freaking hard hot yoga can be depending on what mindset you're in but it helps me like my body more it makes me think my body's awesome and I think you can apply this same concept to any kind of workout that you really feel challenged at but I like yoga because it's a good mix of like slowing down and feeling your body and then going really fast and sweating and tapping into two different types of energies and you walk out of there, you're all sweaty, you were breathing, you worked hard, you were like in a community, you had to physically drive there and drive home, and you're just, it just is hard. It's just a hard experience, and I think that, for me, has just been like a, a real game changer because I like to go lift weights and I like to walk, but that doesn't challenge me the same way. It puts you outside of your comfort zone, too. Totally, yeah, it's really uncomfortable. But you gotta find the right studio because sometimes you go to studios and it's like, A bunch of, it's just all about how you look. So you have to find a studio that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I was trying to convince a a client last night to start going to a yoga studio. He's not the type, but I was trying to talk him into, like, Mm -hmm. you can find the place where you
0: are the type. Remember when Joe Rogan said he did hot yoga? That was like, Aw. And then everybody, <laughs> like, and
1: now you go to hot yoga and there's always, like, the two
0: MMA yes. dudes that are in there. They're happy for him. <laughs> he talks about that a lot. I mean, I know, like, Joe's controversial, but he does talk about, like, putting in challenges in his day. And I mean, I mean, the guy is successful. He, like, does the hot, cold plunge, sauna, working out, and he's, like, in his 50s. You do feel so much better after a challenge. I have three clients who are doing 75 hard
1: right mm-hmm. now. hmm So I don't... I don't know if I know all the aspects of it, but I think you have to read a certain number of pages per day. You have to drink a gallon of water a day, Uh, two workouts per day. Mm -hmm. One of them has to be outside. 45 minutes. You have to follow some type of a meal plan or a diet and they don't specify what kind. They're just just like pick one Mm -hmm. and do it. Is that all?
0: You have to take a picture of yourself every day.
1: Okay, and that's all for, and that's seventy four
0: seventy-five days. Mm-hmm. And if you mess up one thing, like if you don't take a picture, then you have to start over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I have three clients
1: that are doing that right now. Not at me, not not because I was the one that was like, <laughs> "You need to do this," but all three of them wanted to be challenged. They're like craving a challenge, and so it's definitely challenge. They're doing it.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean that is a very controversial approach. I don't think it's the worst though because this is being biased. There's no weird diet restrictions. So if you choose a keto diet, then I'm going to like be like, "Okay, good luck doing two workouts a day." I mean, whatever. Yeah. But if you're choosing something that's reasonable and you work with a dietitian, then I'm all about it. Like, right. yeah, the why great not? thing
1: is with them is like, "Well, I'm already kind of doing the nutrition plan thing, yeah. so I'm going to be doing that part of it anyways."
0: They always say like the hardest part are those more small things like drinking a gallon of water, if it's 9pm and you've only drank 3 fourths, then you have to drink a fourth of a gallon of water before bed. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean that sucks and I think it, it trains you to think like just, you said you're going to do it, so do it and there was a lot of value in that. Yeah. And then it helps you the next day be like, I don't want to do that again yeah. so I'm going to make sure I get it done.
1: Oh, Similar to like the 35 workouts in 35 days, like when I was traveling I'm like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta do a workout. And I'm like, well, I'm all I'm going to do is walk on this nature trail mm-hmm. and do a 10 minute core. I'm like, does it really matter? that I'm gonna do this or not in the grand scheme of things no but just that mindset of like mm-hmm. you gotta freaking do it helped me on so many other days mm-hmm. to get a workout in when I probably wouldn't have otherwise
0: yeah and I love that you brought that point up that are, there is something about that If like if I'm gonna do it I just have to make it part of who I am and then over time if you are active every single day then you're gonna have some kind of mental or physical or both Transformation. Yeah,
1: so the I think the whole thing that we're talking about is like you don't have to feel good all the time. Like if there's not pain in your life or challenge in your life in some way, like you probably need to insert some somewhere.
0: Yeah, something. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to train for a marathon. You don't have to join a CrossFit gym. But look at your your routines and think really hard about certain behaviors that afterward you don't feel good like you anticipated like let's say that it's sleeping in instead of going to work out or let's say that it's having cheese it's and a hostess cupcake for your afternoon snack every day put a challenge in front of it and then pay attention to how good you feel afterward i would add that one thing that really helps with this too is keeping a streak of all the times that you successfully complete your challenge um, it could be every day for 30 days or whatever it could be monday through friday or at least aiming for 90 percent of the month you hit your goal something to just help keep you motivated because there are a lot of studies that show that when you do see yourself keeping track of the days and you can remember your progress behind you and in front of you does help you stay more motivated so that's just a little caveat
1: what's the app that you use for that is it like daily habit tracker or something like that? oh no
0: i just use that for the days that i went without drinking alcohol okay which i have oh my gosh i have to admit you guys i broke my streak (laughs) i had kept this streak for over eight months, and then when I went to the Bahamas, I had tiki rum drinks and wine, and I didn't regret it, but it definitely created <clears throat> created contrast for me and reminded me how much better I feel when I don't drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. But that app is called like I Am Sober, and it keeps track. But there's so many streak. You just look up like this way of life <clears throat> is a good one. Yeah, yeah. You can just even pen to paper for some people. I give a lot of my clients like blank calendars. Yeah, and just put an X. I've told this story like a million times, but I remember when I was in college, I was like, how many days can I go without texting my toxic ex-boyfriend? <laughs> and I printed it out next to my bed and posted and, Love it. Yeah. And I, after like three days of not texting him, I was like, I'm not going to text this jerk. And it worked. It worked great until it didn't. But it worked great until <laughs> a while. But anyway, guys, this was a, we went all over the place. The whole point is put challenges in your life. Don't just change pleasure. And you might just have a better life overall dm us your challenges
1: oh yeah instagram at nutrition.awareness what are you challenging yourself
0: with this today this week this month yeah i need some inspo thanks guys bye we hope you enjoyed this episode of the nutrition awareness podcast and if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world screenshot this episode and tag us on instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietician.com.
1: Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.